When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Hello everyone. A very good afternoon, evening, wherever you may be listening. It's a special weekend for all Eagles fans this weekend. We're simply too legit to quit. The ball goes towards the boundary line. It'll be thrown in. Sounds like a rap song. And you see Michael Malthouse still making moves. Robert Wiley and Trevor Nisbet having a bit of a... Disagreement on the boundary line there. Jakovic coming down. There's some Gary Ablett, as we see, Harding coming off. Just unable to really have a great influence on the game. He's been by no means the worst player at Geelong. But Worsfold's been a fair contributor in the one-on-one duels. Just bodying him out of the place and making it so very difficult for Ablett to really have a great influence on the game. Back in the middle once more. Stoneham takes the tap. Dean Kemp, Pike and Worsfold again combined. Into the middle. It's a game of possession now with only seconds remaining. Evans may have the last kick in this grand final. The Eagles are going to win their first play. The Norm Smith medal today has been won by West Coast Eagles player Peter Matera. It will be presented by Carlton great champion Brewster. Yes, 30 years ago, how time flies. Uh, and we were both there, actually. Kim Hagdorn now joins us here on uh, Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's AFL, of course, preview night. Hagers, good evening to yeah, you. Yeah, good day, Peter, and uh, to everyone else out there. It, it does bring back the, yeah. the hairs on the back of your neck, doesn't it? It was such a historic uh, occasion for Western Australia. Australian rules football nationally and uh, certainly for uh, Western Australia as a, as a community, well, not just for the sport. I think the whole state uh, realised something special was happening. A very powerful team, well-coached and, and well-run, uh, West Coast, from about uh, 1989, from about uh, September, October, November of 1989 through until that achievement. And, of course, they played in uh, 10 consecutive finals from 1990 through till 1999 when McMalthouse left, a year, uh, still with a year to run on his contract. It had been a great era, uh, but I think Malthouse always maintained, and even the likes of the players, you know, the stars of that particular grand final, uh, Peter Sumich and John Worsfold, Peter Matera, Guy McKenna, we can keep naming them, Don Pike, who's headed to be an AFL coach somewhere into the future, all maintain that West Coast were probably ready to win a premiership even before that 1992. Mm. Mick Malthouse maintained that had they not had that drawn final, the infamous Peter Sumich point in the dying seconds of the qualifying final out in uh, out at uh, Waverley, Waverley uh, and and it went for a point as opposed to a goal. Then the siren went. Uh, Malthouse always maintained that had they not had to travel for something like seven weeks in succession, that they could have won in 1990, his first year, even 91. Uh, yeah. He thought they could win, but they they were belted after half time in 1991. But this year, this one. I thought it was still touch and go. I remember distinctly at half time at the MCG in this 92 a, a grand final premiership winning day, 
thinking, uh, I'm not so sure that guys can do it. I reckon Mark Bestow was playing okay yeah, for Geelong. and there was a little bit of a momentum switch just before half-time. Yeah. I think the Eagles got a couple of goals to get a bit closer to Geelong. And, of course, as we know, the second half was one-way traffic. It was an impressive performance. And in the end, um, you know, the likes of, I think, Peter Matera was probably roundly accepted with a five-goal performance from the wing. Just 18 possessions, you know. Yeah. Only 260 possessions for West Coast. These, these days we're talking about high 30s and even 40s with players out there. Uh, well, these days, 260 possessions, West Coast, 262 possessions total each. Mm. I'm not talking about half-time tallies here, everybody. <laughs> that would be just about be half-time tallies, you know, and you'd be thinking, oh, Jimmy hit Matera's had it 32 times. They've got to make a move there. Otherwise, he's going to finish out with 45 possessions and win the Norm Smith Metal, but uh, nowadays uh, it, it, it is far more a, 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 what a ball sharing game, I suppose. But the likes of Peter Sumich with his six goals uh, in that particular game, uh, the grand final, would have gone with a bee's whisker of winning a Norm Smith Medal yeah. as a full forward. Uh, I, I actually just caught. I didn't catch it live last night, but I wanted to see the front bar, and Peter Sumich was a special guest on the front bar last night. And they roll these highlights, and I remember watching Stephen Michael some weeks ago. And when you're actually there watching him play live, and of course you don't really appreciate it until you see the vision again so many years on, mm. just how good Stephen Michael was. And also in the case of Peter Sumich, what a great aerialist he was. He took some sensational marks and how deft he was with that left foot. He was an outstanding forward. Yeah, the thing is with, uh, you look at those highlights and when, and now that, you know, we reflect, and I was fortunate, privileged enough for you, even though I was a print media person, yeah. and that was pre-online days, everybody. It was just Daily News or, or, or Westside Football or Sunday Times, West Australian. You know, so you went to the footy, you covered. It didn't all come out straight away, except for the weekend news. Um, it had come out the next day, but you allowed me to spend time calling with you guys in, as another experience in actually mm. calling AFL footy. One thing that I, was huge in that era, as you say, was the strong out in front of them marking at a full sprint lead. The likes of Dunstall, just amazingly, you strong know, hands. oh, they were just clenched. It was just like a vice. Yeah. Sumich was the same. Yeah, even in traffic, even if they did happen to get caught on the lead or someone cut across them, they would still hit a set of bodies or hit the ball coming from a Matera or a Kemp you know, or an Evans or, or a McKenna off the halfback flank for, Matera, for uh, worse, uh, Sumich's case. But also the likes of Dunstall, Lockett, who wasn't as quick as Dunstall and Peter Sumich, but, gee, you couldn't move him. But just those vice-like hands. Yeah. And then if Stuart Lowe went forward, for instance, they would take the big marks while running forward in a pack. You don't see much of that today. Even the guns of today, you know, the, the Jack Rewalt, um, perhaps. Even Buddy Franklin. I'm just going to say even Lance Franklin. Not, as, not nearly as strong with their hands in a marking contest. particular, And they're not as quick on the lead. But, therefore... Let me throw it out to everybody as well. The game doesn't allow it because there's no such thing as, well, you stay in the goal square, come up, do a figure eight, run back, run round, and then go for your lead, and you will be the target as we come out of off the wing or centre square or whatever. It's, it's a long bomb to the forward pocket and we'll then reset and yeah. have a throw in and try and kick a stoppage goal. It's more about that than the gun full forward. That's why I think, and that, I think from West Coast viewpoint on Saturday afternoon, the closest thing to what we've just been talking about are both playing for Geelong. 
I think Tom Hawkins, Hawkins. I didn't mean to go here, but we've, it's, it's timely. The other one, too, is that the pace of Jeremy Cameron is something that's a bit rare in the modern game as a forward, uh, coming out of the goal square or a little bit in front of Tom Hawkins, go on a lead, dummy back, then turn and then catch your defender out and then be so quick and then catch it on the lead. And I don't know if West Coast have got an opponent to play on Jeremy Cameron on Saturday yeah, okay, because well, of that. He's so quick. Okay, well, we welcome that. I, I welcome that sort of football. As I just saw the highlights of Peter Simic. It was just exciting. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. The football was quick when you had players like Matera and Co. So it's one of those moments where were you in 1992 when the Eagles won their very first premiership? And it was, uh, of course, record-breaking for the VFL slash AFL competition. Get on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. Or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can talk about anything. You don't have to talk about 1992. But we thought we'd just have a touch point there because there is a function tonight at Mineral Resources Park. And Another course, one tomorrow, And isn't a big there? luncheon yeah. tomorrow. So on the Scarborough Toyota open line, uh, it is 13-12-55, brought to you by Scarborough Toyota. Kim, let's get to the West Coast Eagles, the 2020 version, which is just a, a shadow of 1992 at the moment. Uh, they've made a few changes. Uh, look, they have. They've uh, they've got some big guns back, and we have been anticipating this. We, we expected this even on Monday when we're talking about it, Peter, while reflecting back on the WAFL uh, reserves team, the West Coast Eagles reserves team. McGovern didn't play in that, but Jeremy McGovern is back after missing the last couple with a back problem. Dom Sheed, Willie Rioli, Elliot Yo, Elliot Yo will play as a halfback. Mm. A little bit surprised at that, you know, but, uh, and Jack Pet Petrocelli, um, again, he's been managed through his last couple of waffle uh, games to be back available. So adds, adds a little bit of pace and, and firepower potentially up forward. But the big one, I suppose, on top of all that is Rhett Bazo. So Congratulations West Coast, to him. West Coast Eagles trying to finally show us that we are going to play some kids. So when you look at the lineup, although there's uh, there's 12 premiership players in this team and the, and eight 30-plus-year-olds, 30-plus-year-olds, and you're in a development stage, and they're bringing back 30-year-olds, the likes of McGovern in particular. But uh, Bazo, uh, Hoff, Jermaine Jones is renamed and recalled. So a couple of the younger players, Connor West still there, and, of course, Callum Jamison as the backup ruckman to Bailey Williams. Bailey Williams, a young West Coast Eagles player of the future. Jake Waterman still there. A little bit surprised at one, at one or two of the omissions. But again, and this is what Adam Simpson does. He always brings back the older blokes, whether they're ready or not. And the likes of uh, Isaac uh, Winder, Luke Foley, Jackson Nelson, Harry Edwards. Uh, Witherden had to go. I think he's been really struggling. He's not, yeah. a, he's not a good recruit. Mm. Uh, but again, whether you like it or not, once again, Adam Simpson, there are some youngsters in this 22 for Saturday afternoon. There's also a lot of old blokes back. And as I've just touched on, eight 30-plus-year-olds. Then Elliot Yo at 28, Tim Kelly at 28, Dom Sheed at 27, Willie Rioli at 27, Tom Barras 26. There's not many players that aren't in their mid-20s beyond that is playing for this West Coast Eagles team. It's a better-looking team. It's got better names in it. They're going up against Geelong, who I, I continue to maintain well, are absolute that genuine, an yeah. absolute genuine premiership chance. They should beat West Coast on Saturday afternoon. But in coming weeks, Adam Simpson has to start winning some games. He has to start winning some games with the types of personnel he's gotten back. 
Or okay. we start to question whether Adam Simpson should be, is the man to take this team into 223 and beyond. But I've got a lot of information relating to that too, Peter, if we get time. Yeah, so we'll come back to that. Here is Adam Simpson talking about uh, the troops coming back. Well, yeah, good. I'm happy. Um, great that we've given some guys throughout the year an opportunity, though. So mm-hmm. we don't just throw away what some of the experience those young kids have had and some of the the players that have been around for a few years. But, yeah, we, we get to see some of the, hopefully some of the synergy we've had over the years, albeit they may be a little bit under with, um, you know, coming back to their first game. And I reckon most of them have played waffle now. So they're ready to go. It's just trying to get that synergy back with, with the rest of the group. That's, that's the next challenge for us. And here he is, uh, Adam Simpson, again, on the debut now for Rep Bazzo. And it'll be uh, bittersweet in some ways, the fact that his father, who lost his battle with cancer some years ago, I think it was about he 2015. Was he was played, a good waffle player. Yeah, Steve Bazzo played in uh, for Swan Districts. 2015, he lost his battle with cancer at the age of 45. So, he's no, a ripper bloke. Too. Yeah, and no doubt Rhett uh, will reflect on that. Yeah, yeah, he's, I think he's the 45th player we've played this year. So, um, <laughs> I thought there was only a list um, of 44. That was a record in itself. But, no, he, um, look, he reads the game really well. He, you know, he can play tall or small. Um, you know, he's been working on his craft, albeit it's his first year, and he's only played four or five games. But uh, we thought he deserved a go at it, and um, he'd get some pretty good players to play against this week. But I also think he'll be playing with some good ones with, um, you know, McGovern and Barras and Hearn down there to help him out. So... Yeah, really looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, and so are we. Uh, good to see you and congratulations oh. to Red Bazzo. Elisa will come to you in just a moment. She's on the yeah. open line. Well, McGovern and Barras are in for massive days, aren't they? You know, we just touched on Hawkins and uh, and certainly Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. I, I just don't see that West Coast have got a match for, genu- uh, for Jeremy Can- Cameron's genuine pace. He's so quick and he, he doubles back and he's in very confident form. But with this West Coast Eagles group, Peter, uh, the use of the word synergy is becoming a bit nauseating. I think it should be more of now a strategy. And West Coast Eagles recovery strategy, Pete, uh, that's being formed by the power brokers behind the scenes at West Coast has identified that at least 10 to 12 delistings are inevitable for the end of the season, 10 to 12. Now, West Coast have got a lengthy list. So this won't be awkward to, to come to, say, 12 emissions straight away. So there will be a massive cull. There'll be a big cull, uh, to use your word, yes. More likely 12 than 10, but the the strategy has looked at 10 to 12. And then with the top up, four or five inside the top 30 at the national draft, so probably pick number one, 19. They're owed a pick from Port Adelaide, so a pick in the mid to late 20s. And then say a pick at number 37 or 38. So there's four. And to trade picks somehow to get another pick inside 40, that's the strategy. Five inside 40. And then some a couple of top rookies because they have the first pick in the rookie draft as well. Mm. So pick pick one and pick uh, 18 or 19, for instance. And then also get a gun out of contract player at the preseason draft, especially if they're pick number one. Now, this is where a player out of contract could sit and wait and be picked up by West Coast if his own club hasn't been willing to trade him. So uh, a big name could fall out and perhaps be a pre-season pick. So there's where West Coast are situated in terms of that replenishment strategy, as I understand it, and there's been a lot of discussion behind the scenes in the past fortnight or so as West Coast approached their buy. And you reckon it won't be that difficult to go through their their list to see who would be culled or taken off the list? Well, here's four straight away that won't play next year that are on the list now. Kennedy, Hearn, Redden, 
Shepard. Don't yep. forget, Shepard's been carried in their list. And another one could be Cripps. So you could have five gaps open up straight away from the, the, the departure of, of past players. OK, let's quickly go to Lisa, who's always uh, listening to the program. Good on you, Lisa. Thanks for joining us and good evening to you. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hi, Lisa. Um, just on the 1992 grand final, um, we owned a news agency in Karatha at the okay. time. And, um, like, it was, sad days were always busy. Anyway, I said to, said to the staff, there was about a half a dozen of them, I said to them, hey, guys, um, who's interested in watching the grand final? Anyway, there's about two or three put up their hand. And I said, OK, we're off to the pub to watch the grand final. The rest of you can stay here and, and finish up. <laughs> there you so, go. And it, was, and it was an amazing game. And I watched on the, bar, um, the front bar last night. Yep. And Peter Sumich, he, he's just a fantastic bloke, isn't he? Yeah. And, his, and his left foot and his right, his right foot, yeah, it was a bit questionable. But his left foot was, was absolutely elite. And I'll tell you what, um, him and Jacko, I think they've missed their calling because they... They, they were good. Showed a clip. Yeah. They were fantastic, weren't they, Peter? Yeah, I enjoyed I, the old Dingo know? song, Way Out West. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very good. Very good. It was, it, was, it was fantastic. So, yeah. But anyway, and um, go the Eagles. Good on, on you, Lise. Uh, keep listening. So, thanks for joining thanks, us. Boy. We always like your company. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Hi, Peter and Haggis. Jordan Degoe was off to Bali in his break. Would have happened at Freo West Coast, land their place to go to Bali. We may discuss that a bit later on. Uh, 0487 736 736. That's the temperate bedshed text line. Or like Lisa, give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13 12 55. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Come and join us. We love sharing, talking footy with you. It's Kim Hagdorn's night here on a Thursday. He's also here Monday nights, and it's the best rating two nights of Drive with Peter Vlahos, let me tell you. Uh, we've got Joe, who's joined us from Madeley. He's lying online. He's called on the Tempera Bedshed. Uh, in fact, not on the text line, which is 0487 736 736, but on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 131255. Joe, I reckon you're a first-timer. Thanks for joining us. I am a first-timer. I'm on board because of Haggis. Oh, oh, oh good here, here we go. Here we go. Kim Adgorn fan club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good on you, Joe. Stay on as long as you like. <laughs> good on you, Joe. No, Thanks for joining us. I, I enjoyed your work um, on the other stations. You're on 6PR and whatnot. Thank you. But, but, um, we you both enjoyed our work at 6PR, but then we thought it's time <laughs> oh, to leave. Too, oh, yes, yeah, too, thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I'll keep it quick. Um, so, Haggis, you alluded to West Coast potentially delisting 10 to 12 players at the yep. end of the year. Yep. I'm just interested to get your thoughts on some of the younger blokes you reckon could be in that list. So I reckon someone like Isaiah Windows probably on the chopping block. I believe he's out of contract. Um, even Jackson Nelson, he's out of contract as well, and he's off field misdemeanors this year. So it'd be a big move to V-Lift him. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, and also in Fremantle as well, yep. um, Sam Switkowski's injury. I reckon that's going to be a big loss for them because he brings a lot of forward pressure to them. And thanks for having me on, boys. Cheers. No, thanks for joining us. Good on you, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Uh, look, uh, quickly with Joe, um, Sam Switkowski, because I did make a note uh, with 
his loss. I, I, I agree with uh, with Joe there. I mean, he's, he's uh, tackling pressure and full-on pressure. Plus, he's so quick. He provides just that, that, that harassment to any defender that's trying to move the ball out of the Fremantle forward line, isn't it? And that's one of the facets of Fremantle. I think it's not just the tackling, because at times you sort of question that they don't actually lay enough tackles mm. in their forward line. And that's why the likes of a Hawthorne, for instance, last weekend could get 60 inside 50, because the ball would bounce out too easily. Um, so, Switkowski is a loss. But one of the things about Fremantle coming back after the bye next week, you know, they've, they've got a heck of a lot of depth. And you'd have to look at not as forward straight away here, but with a reshuffle. So Heath Chapman probably has to push back as a candidate to play. He's too good a player not to get back into that team. And so to Nathan O'Driscoll. Uh, but... Where do they fit in? Here's your preferred back group, I reckon, with, with Fremantle. Pierce, Ryan, Cox, Clark, Young, Walker, and Chapman probably gets back into that. Mm. The preferred forwards, Lobb, Logue, or Tabiner. And of course, I've created discussion on whether Logue should play ahead of Tabiner. But then the smalls, Walters, Schultz, Banfield, Frederick, Collier, Tucker. There's plenty of alternatives to a Sam Switkowski, even though he will be a loss. He'd be the preferred ahead of a few of those. Uh but, yeah, so the likes of Collier and Tucker, handy damn players yeah. to think, well, you're no guarantee of getting a game when they come back at near on full strength Fremantle. And even the debate, as I've created, on Matt Tabner. If Matt Tabner is sent back to the Peel Thunder for this coming weekend, you'd have to, I'd have to consider that I'm onto something here. He's no guarantee to play. If he was an absolute guarantee to play against Carlton the following week, the following Saturday over in Melbourne, then he doesn't have to play with Peel. Yeah. He's such a senior and important player. If he plays with Peel, it reinforces my suspicions that they, the Fremantle are thinking, well, is, is Griffin Logue a better alternative up forward than Matt Tabiner? Now, Matt Tabiner, uh, 29-year-old, played 109 games. That's not a heck of a lot no. as a near-on 30-year-old because he's injury-prone. Six games this season, 14 goals, but seven of them in one game, Peter, against Essendon in round five. And he's laid just five tackles. Five tackles in six games. Griffin Logue laid six last week against Hawthorne. I, I think there's a lot of debate there. So Sam Kritzkowski can be covered, although he's the preferred, but he looks though he's probably gone for the season. As for West Coast, Joe... List of uncontracted for the coming end of season. Jackson Nelson, after eight years on the list, probably time to move on, Jack. Yeah, he, just, he hasn't on. delivered, I think. Willie Rioli, after six years. I mean, if he's still paunchy and not playing well and injury-prone at the end of the season, they'd have to think about moving him on, mm-hmm. as, as unpopular as it will be. Depends who's running the footy department, you know, in three or four months' time, because there's going to be changes there. That's another issue, Peter. Alex Witherden has to go after two years. Uh, Willie Rioli... Jack Redden, after seven seasons at West Coast, a 31-year-old, time to go. Luke, Luke Shuey, 32-year-old, 14 years on the list, unrestricted free agent if he wants to go. I read, I see uh, what he uh, said. Did you see that? You know, Please. I'm, if they don't want me, I'm keen to maybe continue my career elsewhere. Who's going to look at him? Please, Luke. And, and this is where I think some of the West Coast Eagles people are Who's delusional. Who's going to look at him? Josh Kennedy, Shannon Hearn, Nick Natanui, all out of contract. Nat Newey, probably, but it depends how he finishes this season and what they might be able to pick up. They've missed out on Tim English. We've said that over and over again. Luke uh, Jackson is still in the market. He's going to cost them too much, and they couldn't trade anything for him. So I think they're some of the guys who are. So Witherden, Jamison, Ainsworth, Jermaine Jones, 
Zane True, you'd recontract him. Bailey Williams, they'll recontract him. Luke Edwards, question mark. Connor West, you'd recontract him. That's just some of the guys. There's a big list of uncontracted at West Coast, not the least of which some really big names. Rioli, Redden, Shuey, uh, Kennedy, Hearn, Natanui, all have to be reconsidered. Where, where do you think Liam Ryan's at? This is what Adam Simpson said uh, earlier today here on SEN. No, unfortunately, he's got the flu at the moment, so he's... Um him and um, Patricia Seaton, unfortunately, it's a bit crook. So, yeah, um, I don't think they'll get up for any type of footy this week. So we, um, that's the next thing that's happening, boys, is everyone's getting, mm. not getting COVID anymore. They're getting, they're getting the flu, which is getting around. But Liam Ryan didn't exactly uh, shoot the lights out uh, playing in the WAFL. Well, his his performance where, was quite questionable. Yeah, I'm just wondering where his fitness levels are at. Oh, his fitness levels are deplorable. Have been for since mid, early early to midway through last year, mm. and he he had a poor summer. Spent too much time just walking laps, bouncing balls, walking off, having a few kicks at goals, walking off, and 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 everyone being told, oh, he's on managed minutes. Too much management of their training. They're not hardened. They're not uh, AFL fit. West Coast probably their whole squad, let alone their key players. I'd put a big question mark on Liam Ryan's future. He would have to have because what's gone on in the last few weeks is a very serious review of of the list of their coach and coaching staff, their fitness and conditioning. All departments. It's a full review of the footy club, oh, isn't it? And it's actually becoming quite uh, quite brutal. And and I can tell you, Peter, that out of this in- inquisition already, fitness and conditioning and the sports and science are all up for a major overhaul. A lot of people will go. The assistant coaching staff, a full overhaul there. Even though they've got two first-year coaches in Schofield and, and Knights, they're fine, but a lot of other support around it. And the other area that they've identified is in massive need of an overhaul and reintroduction of a full development program. So development coaches will come in as well. It's very similar to what the, the planning and the rhetoric and dialogue that's coming out of West Coast is it's very similar that what went on when Damien Hardwick was given one more season at Richmond at Richmond at the end of 2016 and the likes of Mark Williams gun coach got moved on Brandon uh, Brendan Lade got moved on Justin Lepich and Blake Carousella went in as good close mates of Damien Hardwick and worked their job and were very strict and firm behind the scenes and Neil Baum went as, as football general manager operations mm-hmm. and so that's the rhetoric that's coming out so Adam Simpson seems extremely secure I've actually even heard that he is contracted till the end of 2025. 24, I yeah, thought it was. Yeah, we've thought that all along. But he told someone very recently, oh, no, I've got three more years. So really? 23, 24, 25. So if he's that secure, then rest assured, what will go on around Adam Simpson will be the, 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 the Damien Hardwick style of replenishment. Move out. If you've been here too long, move out if you haven't been performing. Like the fitness and conditioning is under serious review. And it's appalling what's going on with their fitness levels. They are not AFL fit, the, uh, the West Coast Eagles players. I actually fear that some of the brave buggers that are going back in to try and help Adam Simpson and West Coast out of the plight they're in because they'll break down again. Mm. They're not healthy fitness. Uh, they'll be so uh, injury prone that they're going to have some more injuries, some of these important players, and they're showing a lot of bravity to just say, well, I'll give, give it a go, see how I go. But some of them are playing for their futures as well, even, even a Luke Shuey. Okay, we're going to take a break. And as we go to the break, uh, the West Coast Eagles have released uh, an interesting little feature on their 1992 premiership side. That is pre the big game in 1992 at the MCG against Geelong. And, of course, uh, featuring quite a few of the players. Here's just a little bit of a sample. The first voice you'll hear will be the late George Grudicic, followed by Peter Matera. 
I think that Victorians uh, perceive the competition as still being a VFL and it belongs to them and we're the intruders. And it's about time they got a kick in the bum? Well, I think so. And if the West Coast Eagles win the Premiership, it will be a kick in the bum. For us, being West Australians, um, to do what we did, I don't think a lot of people thought we could do that. We were a bloody good side, had a great coach, great coaching staff, medical staff, the whole lot, the way they put it together. All we had to do is go out and play our best footy, and, and we did it, you know. In the early 90s, we were, we were very good, very good side. Come 91, I played all season, all Australian, all that type of stuff, but we missed out on the on the glory at, in, uh, in the grand final. So I think the year to come was, we're not gonna let this happen again. Like, you know, seeing the boys, tears in the eyes and so forth in 91. You know, they were a good side, Hawthorne, and, and we were the new boys on the, on the block. So we learnt from that and we said we can't get belted again like that because our desire was we're good enough, we just got to finish it off that one more game. I think we just got harder and harder on the training track and tactically where we wanted to be as a team just to get that group success because, yeah, like, we have won one yet, great opportunity to do it. Everyone had to just lift that extra 10, 20%, you know. The group, when we get together in one room, it's a time to reflect and you reminisce. It's just like yesterday when you, you, you catch up with them. And there's only one bloke missing and he would be, he'd be standing on tables, he would be the centre of attention because he's that type of bloke, you know, and, and he was a big part of, of what we went through. And, um, and we all missed him and we'll remember what he did and we talk about it. But that 22 that played in that game, you can't take it away from us. Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, Peter Vlahos, Kim Hagdorn. It is a Thursday night and it's great to have you company here on The Drive. All thanks to Toolmark, the complete tool centre. You want to talk about something that Peter Material said before <laughs> said, the break. In closing, before we went to that uh, advertisement break, uh, he said, oh, you know, the 22 players that played. There was only 20 that played in 1990 <laughs> and by, 1994, by 1994, Four, uh, so 92 was a 20-man team with interchange. Um, 94 was a 21-man team, mm. Peter Matera. So he was he was so busy getting knocked up, getting kicks and so on, that he, he must have forgotten Gee, that, I reckon. But, Eighteen uh, possessions the, in that game. That's yeah, amazing. And five goals. Five-three. Imagine if he kicked straight. Shit. So Craig Turley, Carl Langdon, Paul Harding and Mitchell White all played in 92 the 1992 Premiership team that's being celebrated this weekend. Come 94, so David Hart, who didn't play in 92, but he was an emergency in 92 and got injured during the Waffle Finals. Jason Ball, David Hines, Shane Bond, Ryan Turnbull, Drew Banfield, they were the new Premiership players come 1994 uh, as West Coast grew their history. Mm, Amazing. Anyway, Kim, what about, uh, let's look at the AFL's band, Bailey Smith, out of games against Brisbane and Sydney, on top, of course, of GWS and Hawthorne clashes he's already suspended for. Uh, he was interviewed, as we know, by the AFL officials as part of an integrity unit investigation, I think, today, and handed that two-game suspension for using that illicit uh, substance. Your thoughts on it all? So he's out for a month, but, if, you know, is it, is it sufficient? Is I, it warranted? I know? think it's soft. It, it's very soft. I get the impression that uh, Bailey Smith has perhaps softened this and saved himself further suspension, perhaps even further, um, I suppose, embarrassment uh, uh, by his confession that he Mm. did sort of say, well, I'm not going to deny this. (laughs) Someone's put it out there and that was me 
and and it was cocaine. He didn't even say, oh, I'm not going to say what was in yeah. the packet, as, as sometimes we've seen and heard with these sorts of issues. It's the modern-day world. I get the impression that by being very early in his apology and confession, he's, he's softened this. He's mellowed this with the AFL's approach on him to say, well, okay, look, you've copped a bit. You've, you've copped it on the chin. You've owned up. Here's two weeks. But I think they're pretty uh, – with the AFL's – and it's the Players Association, not the AFL's illicit drug policy as such. The AFL Players Association drug policy, I think there's some some restrictions, some minimums that they can impose, Peter, and I think this is one of them. Right. Because of the confession, it's two games, and we've seen that with, with other people in the recent past. And uh, certainly the Harry Mumford is another one where we, we, it immediately comes to mind – out it goes. It's on social media. It hits all the television networks all around the country, and it, that's whether it's in NRL territory or not. Anyone uses it, and he got two weeks. So I think they were, there was a precedent on that, and therefore there's a precedent on on this even with uh, Bailey Smith. But the one with the Bailey Smith one, uh, there's been it, it always creates such debate, doesn't it? And everyone wants to have a say about the AFL's illicit drug policy. One thing, one area that I will suggest will protect it forever, is that at least it gives these guys a chance to get counselling and help and assistance from their club and those around them. I'd do that as a parent as well. I mm-hmm. wouldn't want them hung, drawn and quartered at their first offence. If one of my kids had sort of had gotten into trouble, now, whichever way it was, you find out, you'd want to help them through this and help them get, them off, get off the stuff or what the heck's going on, help me understand it. Yeah. You wouldn't want them hung, drawn and quartered and banned forever. And yet some people do call for the big bans. The AFL's got to be stricter and tougher on on illicit drugs. It is what's out there. And I think the best means is that the first strike is protected and and held confidentially. The second strike, more people around their club should know. I, I, I do believe that and certainly parents so they could play a part. And if you continue, third strike probably should be more than even 12 games, Peter, as it is. That's soft as well. If you get to a third strike, for God's sake, you haven't learnt from your first two. Okay, let's have a look at the other issue, which is interesting. We're talking about the uh, reigning premier, the Melbourne Demons. Uh, They've got the bye together with Brisbane, Collingwood, Frio, Hawthorne Mm. and North Melbourne this weekend. But some significant news coming out of... Uh, the Demons, not only because of Stephen May and what transpired there, but more so regarding their captain in Max Gorn, who looks like being out more than a month mm. and how much impact that's going to have on mm. Melbourne in the second half of the season. This is big news for the Demons. Well, it, it was huge news. It, it sort of grew more through Wednesday, I reckon, than Tuesday. And I, I was a little bit surprised at how Max Gorn handled Tuesday morning. At least he was willing to stop and talk to a yeah. gaggle of media waiting. It was, a, uh, a, what, what do you call a non-prescribed sort of media uh, opportunity. The, he call, was stopped call, as they, he's walking yeah, into the they, clubhouse. They call it a doorstop in yeah, TV well, circles. I, I call it toe stop. I, because I've been involved not, in those many, many times. Yeah, well, they're usually in a car park or something, yeah. and it's so amateurish. Yeah. The AFL should clean that up, and so should the Players Association have a, a better arrangement than in car parks, you know, at the door, around the around the MCG. And so, But when he sort of said, he was asked, well, hang on, you're in a moon boot. We saw you getting treatment all yesterday. No, no, nothing. No, no story here. Moonboot, just a precaution. I'm fine. It's five to six weeks that you're out, Max. And that, that's another example of where 
the players and the, the AFL industry expect the masses to just believe whatever gets said at the shop window. And I've talked about this numerous times with you, Peter, but I, I reckon he is such an impacting loss to Melbourne that this will continue the, the momentum of their decline. This opens the door even further because mm. I'm not so sure they can recover. You sort of thought, well, they've had the three consecutive losses uh, over rounds 11, 12 and 13 into their bye and now they lose Max Gorn. I think he's the most influential player to a team in the competition. Him to Melbourne is just so pivotal to everything they do and everything we lauded last year. Look at his final series. Look at his game two weeks ago, even though, even though when, when Melbourne got beaten a fortnight ago against Sydney, he was amazing. He had midfielder statistics. I think he's such a big loss. He's, he's averaging 25 hit-outs, six marks and, and five clearances a game, 20 disposals a game, 20 disposals. The big Ruckman's averaging 11 contested. I think it's a massive blow to, to Melbourne because they play – they come out of the bye with Brisbane – Adelaide in Adelaide, they should win that, you'd think. Geelong at Geelong, Port in Alice Springs, and the Bulldogs will be playing for their lives at Marvel. If Max Gorn misses those, that's a huge blow. Melbourne could continue to drop games. Before we take a break, uh, let's have a look at also North Melbourne have got the bye this weekend, so they can breathe a bit easier. But Jason Horn Francis, of course, the number one draft pick uh, going into this season. Well, Jack Watts was a number one draft pick as well. And this is what he said about Horn Francis and what he should be doing going forward. If, if I'm him, I'd be getting out of there, yeah. personally. And, and I think... But you didn't. Well, I didn't, exactly. And that's why I'd, I'd probably say, you know, it didn't really turn Should've. out great for me. Really yeah. did it. So it's a tough one. And just the amount of pressure he's under. Anything he does or if you pick 76 and he, you like yeah. a, a tweet <laughs> yeah. or you like a something, you know, no, yeah. one, no one cares. So Jack Watts says, just get out of there. Oh, I would as well. The, the kid is just, just, he's hating it in there. He, uh, and look, I, I have no regard for David Noble as a coach. Mm. I, I think he's poor. And he was a poor choice in the first place. And his record is showing that. And, and the way that so many important players are now playing so poorly and so disinterestedly, and they, they walk at times. They, they don't put tackles on. Opposition sides are just walking past. It's a joke watching North Melbourne play. And I I've, I've found it offensive a couple of weeks ago when someone tried to say that West Coast were worse than North Melbourne. North Melbourne's probably the worst I've ever seen, the way they're, they're just not interested, arguing amongst themselves. Jason Horn francis has to get out of there. He's duty-bound. Because I, I reckon the draft system is so unfair on some of these poor kids when they get picked by the... T- and the number one pick is going to the worst team in the competition. Yeah. And not only is North Melbourne the worst team, they're poorly run. And therefore, it is not fair that a kid like Jason Horn francis as outstanding as he is, had to go to North Melbourne. Get out of there as quick as you can, son, and get back to Adelaide as best you can. Mm. Uh, but wait to see also. If they get rid of the Noble as they should... He'd be much better coached from next year onwards. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment on the Temper Bedshed text line. Come and join us, 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 55. A bit of a uh, relief also for West Coast in the game on Saturday. Patrick Dangerfield has been uh, delayed. Uh, that is his comeback. He won't be travelling to take on the Eagles. And also a bit of news regarding Alex Pierce from the Fremantle Dockers. So we will address those two issues on the other side of the break, here on Drive. 
Yeah, great to have your company. Uh, just uh, on the temporary bedshed text line 0487 736 736, we've been talking about Jason Horn Francis and where he's likely to go next year. Uh, hey, Pete and Kim, first time, long time, so he's just joined us. Unfortunately, this okay. fellow hasn't dropped his name down, which is unfortunate. Uh, any chance of maybe... Jason Horn Francis landing at the Dockers. He's a noted Dockers fan, and we were a bit puzzled with that. So I've looked on naturally on the wiki page, and that's not one hundred percent right all the time. But it does say that Horn Francis was known as a rising star since junior football. Growing up, he supported the Fremantle Dockers. Would he get a game? On his current oh, form. On his current form. No, oh, his current form. No, no, his current form plus Fremantle's current form. You're no, he wouldn't Ray get a Shaw, game in his Sa- current form. Brayshaw, Sarong, Brody, Mundy. Acres and Aish on the wings. There's a kid by the name Fife getting a game there as well. <laughs> so does Jason Horn Francis with his current mentality, his current spoiled bracket brat approach? I've just defended him saying get out of North Melbourne. He'd be better coach. I think he would. I don't think he could get to Fremantle. No, because Fremantle are going to finish too high for a start. The kid's in the in the system for one year, so he's not going to be able to move too freely anyway. Unless mm. there's so unless say Rory Lobb and Griffin Logue to North Melbourne, Horn Francis to Fremantle, something like that. Had to as be the done. sub players, the sub. Okay. Uh, by the way, he turns 19 in five days' time, <laughs> Jason Horn Francis. So he's still got every right to be a spoiled brat. Yeah, he's, he's a teenager. All right, let's have a look. Uh, Alex Pierce reportedly has been offered a three-year extension. That's not official. There's been speculation about that. I take it. Uh, is take it too it. long? Three years? Um, Considering how uh, injury-prone he's been? From that, from the playing viewpoint, probably yes. But the marketability of uh, of Alex Pierce, he's incredibly popular. I still don't discount he's the next captain of Fremantle. Yeah. You know, Andrew Brayshaw is going to be roundly talked about, and if Angus Brayshaw comes over, you know, it might be the great year for Andrew to be the captain. Uh, and say an Alex Pierce as uh, a senior leader, a vice captain. But I, I still don't discount that he's so popular, and he's so important to how they're playing. Their defensive game, right over the field, is so efficient. I still think it needs someone from the back who generals it, who calls it the field marshal, like Luke Hodge was so effectively with Hawthorne. I think Alex Pierce does that. From from that respect, no, three years is fair enough, as long as it's not too much money. Mm. And I, I get the impression he's the sort of guy that and not many footballers are going to say, no, I won't take everything. I won't take more. I'd take a little bit less so that we can spread it around. And Fremantle are probably going to have to do a bit of that in the next couple of years. Say to a few of their boys, look, can't pay you what you, probably, you might get on the open market, but to keep some of the other guys and keep us contending for the top four for the next three or four or five years, we might have to have several players on under what they might get. But I don't know if Alex Pierce would be one of those because of his injury proneness. Okay, Kim, before you give your selections for this weekend's footy, uh, Geelong have been playing the Conservative. He hasn't played since May the 21st when he injured his calf. But Patrick Dangerfield has been told, no, just stay back home. We'll go to Perth, hopefully get the four points, and you should be right for the week after. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's good management, uh, especially with the trip. Mm. And again, it's it's a bit funny why West Coast, with how poorly they've been operating and decisions, some of the boys they've travelled in recent times, McGovern to travel to Adelaide, didn't even get on the park and then spent yeah. two weeks out, mm. you know, so there was something wrong there. That's that's poor management, poor handling. That's that's poor medical uh, assessment for mine. I think it's good for Geelong. They can afford to do it because Sam Minigola comes back. Yeah, good He's on He's their own boy. It's his first game for the season. She had a good season last year. Uh, and they just happened to be playing. Yeah, I thought he was a All-Australian contender. Mm. He was unfairly treated because he was a genuine winger and there's not enough of that with the All-Australian selection. But that just means that uh, one 30-year-old plus out – 
and a 30-year-old-plus in. <laughs> the, Geelong will play 10 30-plus-year-olds against West Coast on Saturday afternoon. So that means West Coast will have eight of them. Geelong will have 10 of them. Then Geelong have got Guthrie at 29. That's Cam Guthrie. Jeremy Cameron at 29. Tom Stewart at 29. They're all Australians. They're, they're probably all Australians this year again. Then Brandon Parfit, brilliant form. Brad Close, tough to handle. He's 23. Brian Myers, 23. They're, for how many 30-year-olds in Geelong, it's a much better team than West Coast. How did this happen? Mm. Why is West Coast so questionable at the moment? What's gone wrong for the last two years, and especially from their bye last year? Having won three games in their last 21, what's gone so wrong? Why the West Coast should be down where they are and Geelong with even more 30-plus-year-olds are going to belt West Coast on Saturday. We just see what sort of game we're in for. Kim, uh, before we uh, leave you, of course, Richmond and Carlton is at quarter time and it is uh, the Tigers by 16 points. Carlton are flaky. God, how they fade out of games. It's a false nine and three and a false carry on about them being a top four contender. Uh, Before the game even started, Peter, I was very comfortable Richmond would win. I think St Kilda will beat Essendon comfortably. I think Sydney will finally say to Port Adelaide, just shut up and go away. You're not going to play finals this Year. Ken Kinkley, go and find another job. Geelong will beat West Coast for mine. Bulldogs and GWS on Sunday at GWS. I think the Bulldogs and Gold Coast should beat Adelaide up at Gold Coast and go to seven and six. Wow. But they can't make the eight. Okay, Kim, thanks for joining See us. You, Enjoy your footy weekend. Thanks to Lee, who's helped uh, Justin today. Good on you and help us on the drive show. I'll be back tomorrow morning from 8 on the Tab Touch Lounge. I look forward to your company then. Have a great night.